Hey there, avid listeners. Thanks again for tuning into Sin's Workshop. Hope you're all having a wonderful day. So today we're going to be talking about The Bright and the Pale by Jessica Rubinkowski. Uh, and I have to say, I, I did ultimately enjoy this book, but that doesn't mean it's not without its issues. So the novel follows Val. She is a thief of the Thieves' Guild. She was on a mission that went south and found herself with a ragtag team venturing back into the mountains of her old home. Problem is, her old home is cursed. It is considered cursed because when she was a child, uh, the entire town, village, it froze over. And by froze over, as in everyone who was doing something, they froze in whatever they were doing. Yawning, eating, talking. It's just suddenly a frost came over them, freezing them in whatever they were doing. Now Val is the only survivor, and this has haunted her. And her kingdom, her her star, has pretty much put all the blame on her kind of people. You know, anyone who escaped... You gotta turn them in. They're responsible for all the bad things that happen to our country. So there's a lot of hate mongering and a lot of prejudices in this book. A lot of racism towards people who are from the mountain. And you do really feel for her character. So when she ventures back home, there is a lot of rising tension. Especially when she has to go back into the mountain. And there's something in the mountain. And I think that's what really sold me on the story. Because it did remind me a little bit of that movie, The Descent. Without all, you know, the horror and blood of gore. It's more psychological. And I enjoyed that. I enjoyed the psychological effect it was having on these characters. Um, But it does have its drawbacks. I will say this. The author did a really good job with her scene structure. She did a very excellent job with her rising tension and creating that really strong atmosphere. I also do like the Russian folklore that drives the story forward because it was well done. It was well structured. And I'll say this. That is really the saving grace of this novel. Because ultimately, uh, halfway through it, I was not reading for the characters. Um, to be perfectly honest, I don't find these characters memorable. It's not that they were poorly written. It's just they have no character development, um, no character growth. They pretty much stay the same, which I think is ultimately just kind of unfortunate because... Um, considering the psychological effect that the mountain is having on these characters I really do think that there was a lot of room for the author to focus on the character development and to focus on the characterization I think the author may have lost herself a little bit or themselves sorry pronouns they might have just gotten lost in the storytelling and focusing on building up the mythology between the bright god and the pale god which I do think was really well done but I think they focused too much on that, that they lost sight of really fleshing out these characters and growing them because they all have a lot of baggage. And you don't really get to see what their baggage is until about 75% of the book. 
And even then, there's not really a strong shift to highlight their growth, even near the end. Again, they just kind of stay the same. And that's the part that really loses me because I wanted more from them. I wanted way more from the characterization. I wanted more from Val. And I do think that the story could have been much, much better had the author focused more, focused at least a little bit more on the characterization and character dynamics. Because honestly, I don't remember any other names. I remember the Navigator, the Demolitions Girl, the former soldier, the former thief, and Val. That's it. That's how I remember them. The only one who gets a name in my memory is our main protagonist. And I think that might be partially due to the fact that her name is on the synopsis of the book. But that's just where it falters. Because again, it really did have that really strong, eerie um, feeling to it. This really unsettling atmosphere as they're going deeper and deeper and deeper into this dark, abandoned um, mountain in this cursed village. It has so much potential right there to just be something really chilling. And I think it does. For me, it did. I was driven by my desire to read this book and finish it because of that atmosphere, because of the mythology between the brother gods, because the mythology is they were loving brothers and then of course they went to war and in order to save, you know, the realm, the bright they they the bright god locked the pale god deep within a mountain. Now, history is written by the victor, so we we the reader are under the understanding that everyone loves the, the bright god. Oh, like he's the greatest, he saved us, blah blah blah. However, was he really a good guy? Because his emissaries do not seem like good people. They seem more like very greedy, very self-righteous, very power-hungry people. So that just gives you a sense of an idea like, okay, this is who you're choosing to be your emissary to wield your power on the earthly realm or earthly plane. What does that say about you? So, whereas the pale god, he seems like a much nicer guy. <laughs> um, and he just seems, he seems better. He ultimately does seem like the better of the gods who unfortunately got the short end of the stick. He feeds on people's, people's, you know, sorrow. That doesn't mean he's a bad guy. I mean, your sorrow has to go somewhere. But I think it's the idea of, oh, he feeds on all of our negativity. So therefore, he must be evil. Whereas, eh, you see, I mean, you see where I'm going with this. Again, history is written by the victors. But I don't know. I don't trust this 
this bright god i'm more inclined to align myself with the with the pale god <laughs> in the case of this novel but you know that's what really that's that is what i enjoyed about the story that is something i took away from the story and that's why i enjoyed reading it so i'm gonna have to go ahead and give the bright and the pale three and a half out of five stars Mainly because it really just faltered with that um, characterization. I think there should have been a little bit more time dedicated to fleshing out these characters. Um, other than that, and, and I, I do think it is a good book. You know, I really did enjoy it, ultimately. I just was not blown away with it. So I have to give it, again, three and a half out of five stars. Now, if you want to support the author, please remember to purchase the book from your online bookstore on or preferred online book retailer. I just ask that you do not buy the book off of Amazon because, I mean, support your bookstores. If you love books, support the bookstores. That's all I have to say. Um, and by the way, being a Barnes & Noble member is cheaper than being an Amazon Prime member <laughs> if you're just using it for books. I did the math the other day for a guest, so I know it now. <laughs> um, but you know what? If money's tight, please check out the book from your local library. Leaving reviews for the book for the books is another way you can support your author. And the libraries are a great resource for you to... So show your support of reading. Um, and on that note, I hope you all will continue to support me by liking this podcast, subscribing to it, and sharing it with all your book-loving friends. You can also become a supporter on Anchor FM in for $1 a month. There is information on that in the description in the link. Hope you all have a great rest of your day, and as always, happy reading. <laughs>